Radio TRO is in search of sponsors. Sponsors get a detailed product mention at the beginning of every episode in our catalog. You can submit your own advertisement or we can read one for you. Visit email.tro.bike and contact us directly to learn more. Hey folks, Maggie Dean here, just reaching out to tell you about a couple of great tours we have coming up. One is for the newbies and the other for the seasoned curve carvers. If you're new to motorcycle touring, check out the LMCT, Lake Michigan Circle Tour, which takes place from Sunday, July 14th to Saturday, July 20th. It's a beginner-friendly scenic bike tour around Lake Michigan with all the planning and organizing done for you. It's ideal for couples, three-wheel riders, and small groups. It offers a balanced mix of fun curves, beautiful scenery, and rest stops. If you've always wanted to go on a small group motorcycle tour but have yet to do so, this tour is for you. And for all you rabid twisty travelers, check out TRO's Wisco Disco Tour. Based in Wisconsin, this tour is perfect for experienced riders visiting as much of the Driftless area as possible over three days. Our well-vetted routes are pre-planned, so just take the time off and join us. It's a great opportunity to ride in an intimate setting away from the solo digital world. Tiro's Wisco Disco Tour launches Wednesday, August 7th, and concludes Sunday, August 11th. Again, that's two tours approaching. Visit tiro.bike, mouse over events, and select group tours to learn more. I'm Brian Ringer. I'm Travis Burleson. You're listening to Radio TRO. TRO, your sport touring motorbike fix. We're an ever-developing online venue for motorcycle enthusiasts who enjoy responsibly spirited riding along routes less traveled. The Wizards of Twistery, the Magicians of Mappery, and your guides to many mysterious Maisie Mary Miles. If you're a lean angle crackhead, we're your dealers. Robin Dean is on vacation. Uh, I hear he's uh, roaming around the countryside in Colorado, communing with the moose, uh, sleeping with bears, uh, sleeping outdoors, getting snowed on, all kinds of things. Um, and so, I don't know, what do people do for fun in Colorado? I don't know. They probably just watch TV, play some Xbox, you know, stuff yeah. like that. The they rich people like the rich people like ski, or they just like own timeshares in Aspen. Is that? Oh yeah, yeah. I guess they do ski. So I don't know what there is to do on a motorcycle out there. I would have no idea. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure there's a road or two that they've found somehow. Yeah, there'll probably be some sort of article about it that you can find at the Ryan Obsession at tro.bike. <laughs> tro.bike. Thanks, Travis. I forgot all about the required obligatory branding. Your sport touring motorbike fix. That's right. <laughs> And on this week's episode, we have no plan, which is usual. The The only plan is no plan. Um, so how's your writing life been this week, Travis? Uh, well, it's been good. So I think since the last time uh, our listeners heard my delicious voice on, it is their, delicious. Uh, on, their, on their podcast feed, um, I uh, turned 40 and I traded in my trusty... Barita, the NC700X, and got a 
2020 CB650R with Ooh. its neo retro styling and street tuned super wow. sport motor powertrain. Spicy, yeah. That's yeah. going to be a little more, a lot more spicy, I imagine, than the uh, NC. Yeah, yeah. It's um, you know, it's I I was test riding. I went. I was out by the dealership for work one day, and I decided to pop in and test um a couple of bikes after work. And uh, they had an FJ09. Mm-hmm. That's what I have. Um, which like on paper ticked all the boxes for me right it's like a little more power had all the had all the factory luggage on it um you know didn't have so i don't don't know if they had cruise control as an option on those even though there was like a clearly a slot for it but i know the tracers do yeah um but like i don't know i just didn't i wrote it i was like this is fine and then i was like (laughs) you know i kind of want to check that c he's like yeah you can take two bikes out i was like let me check that cb650 out because they're pretty yes Oh and man, yeah. I just I just couldn't stop grinning. Like I got back on it and I was just I was just smiling and I'm like, you know what? I'm not gonna I'm turning 40. I get to make a midlife crisis purchase. I'm gonna make buy the pretty one that goes Rah! and and put the smile on my face instead of like the practical one cuz I I've always bought the practical one. Yeah. So. Wow. So that that I I pulled it up to look at it and yeah, that is pretty. Yeah. And yeah, it, yeah, it's a different mission than the FJ. You know, I've got an FJ09 and it has a different mission. Yeah, it scratches a different itch. Yeah. And, and um, since I got kids now, like I don't do as many like big trips. Like, yeah. I had the NC set up with, you know, hand guards and a comfortable seat and all the luggage. And, you know, I could just do days and days and days on it. Not that you can't do that on any motorcycle, right? But it's like I commute to work and then get out for like, you know, once or twice a month yeah. on the back roads. Awesome. This is way better for that. I went out with uh, Mr. Tim Clark on uh, Memorial Day. No, yeah, Memorial Day, Labor Day, Labor Day. Labor Day. Yeah, that's yeah. been a while. Yeah. Uh, on Labor Day, and um, you know, I had just a lot of the driftless roads here in Wisconsin that we're more or less used to, and I was like fifteen miles an hour faster through like the roads I knew. Like, so, like yeah. I was like, I was like going through these corners. And being on this new bike, new to me bike, and just being like, well, man, I'm not really, you know, I guess I'm a little rusty. I'm on a new bike. I'm not really pushing it, you know, so that, and then I look down, I'm like, I've never gone through this corner that fast. (laughs) (laughs) I guess this is fine. Yeah. And it, does it, um, and you probably haven't like, you haven't done any modifications or adjusted anything. You just went out and rode it and you immediately just became friends. Yeah, yeah that's pretty awesome. much. Yeah, since then I did get like a a seat on it, which is just like a Chinese, like off eBay, like I mean, came from China. Uh-huh. Um, and it's got like a quilted pattern on it, and it's a little flatter than the stock <laughs> seat, uh, which is which seems a little more comfortable. Um, got that seventy got that seventies quilting, you know? Yeah. Back in the eighties, that's what we Stylish. had on the Gold Wings. Yeah, <laughs> um, I don't know if that makes a difference or not. We'll see when I actually can get do some miles on that seat. But it, it feels flatter, so it's like a little nicer to just kind of, yeah. you know, the, the old the stock seat had that thing where it always wants you pinned up against the tank. Yeah, you know that slope where you you, you can scoot back, but if you don't keep yourself back, you're going to be. Um, yeah, I, I think a lot of them have done have started doing that. Um, 
a lot of bikes have that complaint. And I think it's because I think a lot of times they're trying to make it work for people who are, they're trying to make it work in the showroom when people sit on it who are kind of short. Yeah. You know, so like so, you have to sit on the short part. Yeah. So, you know, they, they sit up there and they're like, okay, I, I can do this. And I get that. I mean, I understand that because we do need more bikes for short people. Um, definitely. But it also, yeah, you, uh, when you're actually, you know, after you actually buy the thing and you're taking it for a ride, you're like, wow, this, I'm really up there. I'm really up against this here. Yeah. So it was, um, otherwise the taxi, I mean, we did 450 miles and I haven't been riding that much and like my butt was a little sore, but it wasn't bad. So. Excellent. Um, Excellent. What kind yeah, of power and, those things, uh, those things have? Do you, I couldn't uh, find it. Um, so I think in like the European market where they actually have to like list power figures by law, uh, Honda is saying it makes like 90 at the crank. Okay. Um, but all the dynos are about like 80, 82 at the tire. Yeah, that makes sense. But that's all like in that like 9,000 to 13,000 RPM. Like it's, a, it's got that very inline sport four kind of thing yeah. even though yeah. it's like the you know they bumped the displacement up to 650 and they retuned it for more like low mid-range um you know you really got to get it over six grand to to feel like the power but even then there's one road i do that's pretty close to madison and there's a couple of like really tight corners and then it comes around this big left this like this big left and then you go up like a really steep hill and like you can maybe only do you know thirty five miles an hour around that corner, and on the um, the NC, I would always come around that corner and then just pin it, and then it would just like <laughs> get up the hill. And it's like now I'm on a bike where I can actually accelerate up the hill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that has to just plain old poop all over the NC's uh, power. Um, yeah, yeah, you're, you're spending more for gas for a given oh, distance. Like 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 yeah, like the on the NC when I was beat the crap out of it i would still get like 64 65 miles to the gallon i don't think <laughs> i ever dipped into the 50s maybe if i was like stuck in traffic i would dip into like the high 50s and i'm getting like high 30s yeah and who cares it's fine yeah, yeah it's, fine. It's, it's a motorcycle it's fun it's worth it um yeah and, and it's got like you know a showa big piston separate function fork and oh okay Nissan radial mounted four piston calipers and it's like oh this is nice but it doesn't have what I, what I do like about it and I didn't even think about this and it might lead us into our topic but one of the things I did like about the NC is that it was like fuel injected and that was it um, <laughs> it didn't have any like technology in it uh, oh, okay and and the CB is like very similar where it's you know it's got like a nice fork but it's like not adjustable um, and it does have ABS, which is probably for the best. And it does have like a very rudimentary traction control that just has one setting and it's like on or off, um, and fuel injection and that's it. And it's like, that's perfect. Like that's, that's all I want. Like, I don't need ride modes. Like most of the time, like in the meat of the, the rev range, like it's making 60, 70 horsepower. Yeah. That's not gonna, that's not gonna get control. away from you too much. Yeah. 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 And, you know, and like ABS is is nice to have. I feel like I only I think, ever feel it kick on on the rear end when I'm on the rear end too much. It's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So are, are you a Honda guy? Is that kind of, I, I, I seem to only remember Hondas, but I, you know, 
I'm I'm a Honda simp. Yeah, I I started on a Rebel 250. <laughs> um, started with a mighty mighty Rebel. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I did like a 900 mile trip, like from Chicago up into Michigan. Went back home, saw some friends. Wow. Yeah, you know, I had a bunch of luggage on the back. There's a picture somewhere. I mean, I'm I'm like six foot one. Um, I'm sure it looked ridiculous, but uh, yeah, hey, you're fun. riding I, motorcycles. It's fun. Yeah, and I just stayed off the interstate as, as, much, as much as I could. Yeah, you know, I took like Lakeshore Drive, which is like Highway 41, down like out of Chicago, and yeah. then like through like Gary, and then into like the uh, Dunes National Lakes Shore, and then the Red Arrow Highway up into Michigan, and it was really nice. Um, That's awesome. So that was yeah, and then what did I get? Then I got my BMW, the F650 CS, Ginny the Jackhammer. Um, I almost bought an NV, yeah, an NV 700, the Veradero. Oh, okay. Wow. What does like a one year model or something? They were, yeah, they sold them like two <laughs> years. Year. Year. <laughs> like they're like a staple in Europe. Like, like every yeah. courier, bike courier has one in Europe, but like, yeah, they only sell them for like two years or three years in the United States. Yeah. They sold like um, four. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but so they had like a demo at, uh, Des Plaines Honda. Because this is when I live in Chicago, and I test rode it and liked it. Um, obviously, like coming up off a of Rebel 250, I was like, "Oh, this thing's you know lots of fun." Um, but then you know I was like going to sleep on it, and then next morning it was gone. Yeah. So cool. and I ended up getting the Beamer, and then I had a, the CB1000, the 94 CB1000 big one, also and only sold for two years in the United States model. <laughs> Yeah, I we we have no taste here in this country mm-hmm. and I could I could rant for hours about that. But yeah. anyway, yeah. So that and then uh and then <laughs> the and then the NC. So mostly Hondas. You know, my wife started on a um Nighthawk two fifty. Excellent. Um which is the bike I wanted to start on, like not the Rebel, but I couldn't find one. <laughs> um and then uh she had a Buell blast for a little while. Um and then a Kawasaki uh, ER6N's like a, the the Z650 before they called it the Z650. Yeah. And the, uh, what else did we have? We're kicking around. Um, oh, I had a DRZ for a little while. They're not exclusively Hondas, but I'm kind of a Honda yeah. simp. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Well, that, that kind of poops all over my week, which was basically riding to work and back. So I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to. Mm. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, this, this this week for me was, you know, basically just riding the working back. Um, yeah, but, but um, yeah, your recent news, that's, that's good. A new, a new bike is always, and, and brand new too, like, that's something well, I still it was, haven't it was, done. It was used, was it, it was a 2020. Was oh, okay. Yeah, but it only had like 1,400 miles on it. Yeah, who are these people that buy bikes and then just let them sit? That's wild. Judging by the scratches on the left engine cover, uh, <laughs> someone who thought that a CB650R was a beginner bike. Aha, uh-huh, I see. So got a got a nice little uh got a nice uh, discount for that, I I would imagine. But yeah. that's cool. Interesting. All right. Um let's see. Let's do got a segment here called Stuff Our Listeners Might Ask. And actually we've actually had a couple of questions from real live listeners lately. Um there's one I want to bring up that's not a real question, but I think it could be a good topic, but uh, what what is one of your more controversial opinions on motorcycling? Ooh, like what what can start an argument? I don't want to. If we start an argument, hey, great, let's entertain people. But <laughs> um, 
So uh, this maybe I I can kind of weave this into something maybe a little more controversial. So I always tell people like I'm an advocate of of motorcycling. I want people to ride motorcycles, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm also the first person to say it's not for everyone. Agreed. Um, so I, you know, I've seen people in the beginner riding course just like struggle and struggle and struggle and struggle. And it's like, you know, there's, there's something to be said for like persistence and, um, effort. Uh, but it's also just one of those things where it's like, man, like, I think there's people that shouldn't drive cars. that get allowed to drive cars. Um, you know, <laughs> like it's just not safe. And, uh, you know, there's some people that just, you, whatever, don't have the physicality, don't have the mentality, can't, you know, focus enough. You don't have, you know, the mechanical sympathy necessary to operate a manual transmission vehicle that you need to balance at the same time. Um, I'm, I'm with you, man. I, 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 yeah, I've had that talk with someone. I'm not a writer coach, but I've, I've had that talk with someone like maybe, Maybe knitting or video games might be more. Yeah. Or, or true. It's like, you know, I, I always tell people like, well, you know, take the class yeah. before you spend big money and buy a bike. Like I've talked to so many people who've like bought a bike and then it's like, I'm going to sign up for the class. And it's like, you know, you did that wrong. Like take the class. And if like you flunk out of the class, or like you finish the class and you somehow pass, but you're still like, I don't know. Then it's like, yeah, maybe maybe it's not for you or maybe, you know, get a scooter, kind of get a bigger feel for it, you know, for having a motorized two wheeled conveyance. Yeah. Get, um, well, get that rebel. Yeah. Start, start out on that rebel, you know, so a couple, couple thousand miles on a rebel. Cause too, like I get all these, you know, these, I see these people who like start on a sportster and it's like the sportster is like the worst beginner motorcycle. You know I mean? There's like, there's something said to like, I think, you know, not to pigeonhole, our uh, our friendly hog brothers but um you know the the whole harley cruiser culture in america is like a whole nother thing and there's a lot of bravado and bullshit there that we Mm -hmm. don't have to unpack all of that but like you know people like oh yeah get a sports it's a a beginner bike and it's like no those suck like they they're the sportster is an enthusiast's bike for someone who wants something that like shakes and the brakes suck and the clutch is too heavy and they're like the clutch is super touchy and has no lean angle like they're not good bikes for beginners like you need to know what you're doing to ride that because you have to compensate for a lot of the bike's flaws which are charming which are a reason to ride the bike like a lot Mm -hmm. of us ride bikes because of the flaws in the bike because that's character um but you know it's like again get a rebel like get a rebel 500 or a rebel 300 yeah, and see what you see what you think of, yeah. And I'm I'm I mean I don't I don't see the controversy there, but I can see where people would get upset. Um, I I always tell people that don't ride motorcycles unless you just gotta ride motorcycles. And and I don't I don't know if you know this, but I have I've survived three serious injury accidents. I've broken my leg three times, the same leg, uh, wrist twice, you know, and um. And I still ride and people ask me why. And I just tell them I'm not really bright. So, (laughs) but if, if, so I tell people, it's like this, you know, this is, this is not playing around. And so sometimes people are a little shocked. And I tell them, you know, unless you just got it, unless it's part of who you are, unless you really have that itch, unless you, unless, unless there's an itch you have to scratch, then 
you know, maybe, you know, if, if you're just going to casually do 300 miles a year, uh, and that's fine if that's what you want to do and you really do enjoy yourself. But if you're just doing it because someone else wants you to, or you think it's cool, or you get to wear the t-shirt or, you know, maybe think, maybe think about that a little bit. I don't know. Uh, I, I feel like I have to ride a lot to keep up the level I feel comfortable at where I feel like, like if I were not on the bike for a week or a month or two months, it'd be tough. <laughs> oh <laughs> you know? yeah. No, it drives me insane. Like I at least need to do uh, the, yeah. like ride to work, you know, like even if yeah. I can't get out for a ride ride, like I at least need to be on the, on, on, you know, the 10, 15 yeah. minute ride to work. Like, um, yeah. which I do. And, that's not, that is a nice thing about the CB. I'll chime back in. Is that like, you can rev that sucker out to red line, like 13,000 RPM in second gear and not lose your license. And that's cool. <laughs> it makes yeah. you, it makes it fun, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting when you get a new bike and, and we're, we're wandering around, but Hey, that's fine. We're digressing here. When you get a new bike, like when I, I, I bought a 2015 FJ09, I bought it in early 2020, you know, with Matt or early 2021 actually. So it was still a COVID crap you know it's just COVID everything and we had to be real careful and everything anyway um yeah the first the first month I was riding that thing uh every I kept I had to I it took me a while to recalibrate I kept like the front end kept coming up you know first second third gear you know I'd pass 9,000 rpm in third gear here comes the front end and so I had to, <laughs> <laughs> had to ride it and ride it and ride it to finally recalibrate to where I'm not yanking it open like I can on my KLR you know oh, KLR yeah. you can just go you know nothing's going to happen yeah but, uh, it's like the NC was like that too you can just it was just full throttle all the time every yeah. time yeah it's like more like a switch so you have to do that um I'll I'll go ahead and give a controversial opinion and I don't know if this is really controversial or not. I uh, that was that was a great one too, by the way. Uh, I think most people screw with their chain way, way, way too much. Stop screwing with it. Stop worrying about it. Throw something on it every six hundred to a thousand miles and go ride. Stop adjusting it every twenty minutes. You know that kind of thing. Just put on a good chain. Adjust it. Adjust it once. Keep put something on it once in a while. I don't care why. We're not going to get into that controversy. <laughs> and you know, just stop. People just worry about it. You know, the same thing oh, with tires. Yeah. They worry and worry and worry. Do I have the, the? Are they rubber tires? Good. Go. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, do they suck? Then maybe buy better ones next time, like Pony. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, that's the. Um, yeah, it's like I don't check my tire pressure. Like if there's like a big, like I'm going on a trip. Are you going to do like a big ride? You know, I'll check my tire pressure before I head out. And I'm going to the office. I don't check my tire pressure. And yeah. like the only other time I do is if like, oh, yesterday it was 72 and today it's supposed to be 56. Maybe have a um, look. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, same thing with chains. It's like, yeah, it's there. It looks dirty. I'll clean it. I'll put some grease on it. Yeah. You know? But I want to go on a big ride. I want to do 500 miles today. I'll put, I'll clean it before I go, you know? like Yeah. I'll take a look. But yeah, I, I usually don't adjust. I adjust a chain once and I usually don't adjust it. Like the first time I have to adjust it, that's when I order the next chain. Uh, because it's, then it's it, going. if it's starting to go, then it's gonna mm-hmm. it's on its way. Yeah. Um yeah, some people are like, Oh, I have to stop and at lunch and adjust. No, you don't. Just go. Yeah. <laughs> Just ignore yeah. it all week. It's fine. <laughs> you do like if you're dual sport riding, yada yada, you do want to keep it a little cleaner if you can. But uh Yeah, you want to clean it after you're like out in the mud, you want to clean it when you get home. Yeah. Yeah. But if you're on the yeah. road, if you're on a paved road, you're fine. 
Yeah, and if you're using the, a decent chain wax, I use the the Dupont chain wax. It's you know stuff's not really not going to stick to it. Even if you're if, if you're riding in the rain, you might want to. And it's heavy, you might want to. But yeah, it, most people when you get in, yeah, yeah, but. most people think about it way too much, and 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 it's one of those things, you know, chains, tires. There, there's there's some there's some things people just think about way too much, and and instead of thinking about the things they should. So yeah, excellent. The on that note, I'll tell a quick story about my friend uh, Jeff. AKA Don Coyote on the uh, ADV rider forum who was riding a uh, F650 BMW F650 Dakar all through the winter here in Wisconsin, studded tires and the heated gear. And he uh, buzzed me up one night and he lived out like 30, 40 minutes west of Madison on like the uh, road. Like you really like turned off a highway onto a side road, turned onto a more side road and then <laughs> rode that till it ended in a valley in the hills and the driftless. And then you walk down a path to a cabin and that's where he was living. So, um, <laughs> so he, he called, phoned me up one day and he was in town like working or whatever. And he's like, Hey, my chain's making a weird noise. Can, can I stop by your garage and take a look at it before I drive like out to the sticks? Um, I'm like, yeah, sure. So, <laughs> so he comes in on his, on his uh, BMW and he, uh, he popped me, I pop. he's got a clip type master link. So I popped the master link and it literally like just dissolves in my hand. Like the road salt had just like eaten like the bushings yeah. on the inside. Like it just, it just cracked apart in my hand. Um, and I luckily I had the DRZ at the time, which took the same size chain and we, we threw that in there and he got home just fine. Um, but, uh, you know, don't, don't let it get that bad, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you're riding in road salt in fricking Wisconsin in the winter, first off you're you know hats off uh, you're you're a better man than i am but uh yeah <laughs> yeah that is true yeah motorcycles don't have the corrosion protection that uh, cars do uh, uh they they just don't that that's a little outside the label usage cool let's see do we want to do a we want to do a reheat rehash go uh i'll do the next segment of uh yeah, yeah, I think we'll go ahead and wrap up this article. Actually, yeah. Do you want to go ahead and read the? Do you do you have it in front of you the the intro? You want to read the excerpt? This the uh, intro, and I will read the excerpt. Uh, let me see if I was it in the uh, calendar. Where is it? It's or in Tiara, the uh, Tiara yeah. Weekly. Is that the one? Yeah, and it's uh yeah. If you look under reheated rehash, and it's I don't know about a little over halfway down. Oh, uh, tasty leftovers served hot and crusty. Yeah, yeah. Just read that. Read that intro, and then I'll read the article. And sure. then we'll talk about it. Read a rehash. Tasty leftovers served hot and crusty. In this segment, we'll read an excerpt from one of Brian and Robin's past TRO blog articles on sport touring motorcycles and discuss. Does it hold up? Do Brian and not Travis. Robin disagree? <laughs> fight, fight, fight. What will we change? <laughs> Thanks for the intro, Travis. All right. Uh, this week's right. This week's reading is, uh, we're going to wrap up the, uh, 10 commandments of the sport touring to, to lead an insanely fun sport touring ride. There was an article written by yours truly, Brian Ringer on TRO.bike. Um, and we're going to, we're going to blast through commandments nine, 10, and then we have a bonus at the end, uh, a bonus commandment, which is going to, it's going to blow that your mind. We got bonus commandments. That's right. Yeah, it's it's like you remember Moses coming down in the in the movie with the fifteen and then he, and he drops, drops it. it. The ten, ten commandments. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, what what's so special about ten? All right. Um we are going to start with commandment nine. 
Thou shalt freely offer and encourage tapouts. This is a short one. As the route allows, make sure you mention possible shortcuts to the night's lodgings whenever possible. Maybe you're crossing an interstate or you're just about to start a loop you could cut off. If a rider or the whole group decides to tap out, applaud their wise decision, give them directions on a map, or maybe assign them the beer shopping list. We all hate to miss good riding, so when a rider decides they're done for the day, they have a damn good reason. Um, and I, I think this is an important important one, is to kind of make it okay to do your... It's part of riding your own ride. It's okay to ride your own ride. It's okay to tap out and say, you know, I'm shagged. I'm done for the day. Where's the hotel? And that's something I always try to keep in mind when I lead a ride. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like maybe you caught a bug along the way or, you know, you're just not feeling it or (laughs) you had a butt clencher, you know, 10 miles back and you're just kind of ready. (laughs) You know, that kind of took the wind out of your sails. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, I mean, some of the, some of the absolute best riders I know are just like, okay, I'm done. I'm tapping out, you know, and, and, and like how, you know, where, where are we or whatever. And again, it goes back to the last, the last commandment was about keeping an eye on your block, your followers. And so you can tell when someone's kind of like, man, I'm kind of glazed over him, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Or it's like, if they're like, you know, normally a pretty exuberant rider and they're really not. Yeah, like doing that. Where, where, or, where'd they go? <laughs> yeah, because yeah, it's and it's you know better they cut out and and head to the, the end than make people sit around for four hours while you wait for an ambulance, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sucks. Yeah, there was one time a guy was like, uh, we were stopped. We we're looking for a place to pee, I think, and and we stopped, and and he was uh, he was like, man, I you know, I know we got like a hundred miles to go, but I is. I'm like, turn around. And behind him was a sign that said, you know, the city where we're staying, 14 miles. Like, I was like, just go that way. (laughs) (laughs) You asked at the right time, dude. Enjoy. We'll see you later. All right. Uh, Commandment 10. Commandment the 10th. Thou shalt keep thy flock informed. Some people want maps, GPX tracks, turn lists, and prefer to know exactly where they are and how far they're riding. Some prefer to bliss out and just enjoy the zen of the moment, trusting you to lead them wisely down twisty paths. Most are somewhere in between, so gauge what they want to know and adjust accordingly. After a few hours, most riders start wondering when and where lunch will be, and later in the day, most will want some idea when they'll reach a hotel. Um, I normally also carry a few copies of old-fashioned paper maps. Uh, They're handy for giving directions if someone needs to tap out, And showing a map sometimes is also a good way to make riders more comfortable with where we are and where we're going. Uh, It's best if every rider has at least a paper state map and some basic ability to get back to the barn. Uh, Great riding often means poor cell coverage, so don't count on your phone to navigate. So yeah, there there are people I ride with, uh, and Robin's often one. Robin is kind of somewhere in the middle. Like sometimes he just wants to bliss out. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And then sometimes he's like, okay, where are we going? We're going, here's the track, whatever, and so forth. You know, he's, he does, he does, he rides both sides of that. And there are people I know who just, hey, we're uh, right. I don't care, man. Uh, just wherever, man. I'm happy. You know, yeah, they're you just. Got, you know where we're going? All right, that's good enough for me. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, no, everyone's got their own style. I know like Robin likes to run the like turn by turn in his headset and stuff like that. Yeah, that would make um, me crazy. <laughs> and yeah, no, I just I want I I have a line on a map, and that's and that's it. You know, that's enough. 
All right, we're going to wrap up with the bonus commandment 11. Bonus commandment 11, lawyers got to eat. What in I the guess. world does that mean? Lawyers <laughs> got to eat? So here's a handy rapid roll writing pro tip. Time for lunch and you're in the middle of nowhere. Scan the horizon for the largest water tower. Nearby, you'll find a town, often the county seat. At the center of that town will be the town square and the county courthouse. So you're with me so far. And then across from the county courthouse will be at least one excellent local restaurant that has been catering to the legal profession for many years. I guarantee you, every county seat has a courthouse, has a restaurant. It's full of lawyers. So that's your that's your commandment 11. <laughs> so yeah, it was even time if for lunch. A simple old-fashioned space chicken. Yeah. <laughs> space chicken. All right, we'll do another article next time. All right. Well, Travis, do you have a tale from Planet That Guy? You probably have some that I've never heard. Oh. Um, Tales from Planet That Guy. We've all been that guy. We've all ridden with that guy. Let's talk about that guy. Do we want a someone else was that guy or do we want him? I was that guy. I've, I've only, I've not been that guy very often. <laughs> um, it's, it's dealer's choice, man. <laughs> uh, I feel like, you know, with Robin not here to defend himself, uh, it's hard to throw him under the bus. <laughs> no, no, no. He's, he's out, he's out farting around, uh, I, uh I think sleeping I'm, with bears. <laughs> I mean, it's the common, you know, it's the same old one. I think on like the, the trip sevens tour, he's run out of tire at least three times. Um, but that's not much of a story. I think we talk about that all the time. Like if you're going to go do 1500, 2000 miles, just put new tires on your bike. (laughs) Do it before you leave. Like you can always put the old ones back on after the new ones wear out, but you don't want to be the guy who does it in the middle of the trip who misses a whole day of riding because you got to beeline to some city to get, to pay some stealership $600 (laughs) to put tires on your bike. Like, um, otherwise the only time I can think of myself kind of being that guy again it was Trip 7's tour we had rolled into Maysville uh, Robin and I were getting gas before we got to the hotel and you know it had been a long ride and um, I was filling up my tank and usually on the, I was on the NC and usually like I could put the, the, the filler like all the way in the tank and just hold it down and it would click off like a car does and then I would like, you know, pull it out and kind of top it up, right? Well, you know, I was like chatting with Robin. I was kind of tired, wasn't paying attention. It didn't do that. And I just like dumped gas all over the bike, all <laughs> over my riding pants, like soaked through gasoline. Oh, and um, that's, I that's just, no we, good. I, and those are like my only like riding pants, right? Because like I'm on a trip. So like for the next eight days, I just reeked of, and like I tried to wash them, like it didn't work. Like you get gas and clothes like that. And like, yeah, it just, it just, I just reeked like gas the whole trip. So always, always watch your tank when you're filling it. Yeah, that, that might have impacted your future fertility too, man. That's, yeah, that's a rough I'm, one. Good thing I'm done. I yeah. you. <laughs> I already got kids. I'm going to, I'm going to talk about that guy. And this has been a couple of that guys, to be honest. Uh, that guy who left on a trip with a dying battery and just used a jump pack over and over and over until the jump pack died. And that's happened a couple of times. Are these like dual sport guys? That sounds like a dual sport guy thing. No, no, no. This this one guy's, uh, yeah, one guy was Robin and the other guy was another that guy, you know, on street bikes. And it's just like, come on, you know, if you're, 
if you got to use the jump pack once, just you got to bite the bullet, save your pennies, go get a battery. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's... <laughs> It happened you get like twice a ten, in the same year. It was you get like a ten dollar Corfee back. So there you go. It's like a ten percent discount. You just get a cheap battery. They're like a hundred bucks. It'll get yeah. you to the trip. Yeah, yeah. And on uh, on Robin's bike, we actually we found at O'Reilly a uh, like the BMW comes with like a tiny battery and a foam spacer, and so you can or plastic spacer, and so you can take out the tiny battery and the plastic spacer, and you can get in like a real battery. And it's like almost frightening how fast it spins the bike. <laughs> so <laughs> oh, it's like twice the cold cranking power. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, and yeah. Instead, of, you know, instead of fumbling around with a jump pack, repeat, you know, oh, it'll it'll be all right the rest of the day. It's like let's just you know, let's let's eliminate this worry from our minds. Yeah, it's like it too. If you if you keep it on a tender like you should, and it starts getting weird, it's it's done. Like yeah. uh, that's what happened to my, the, the battery on the NC is a, it was like the original battery had been in there for like five or six years and yeah. you never had any trouble with it. Never, always kept it on a tender, never had any trouble with it. And then it just started acting funny. I getting weird electrical glitches. The dashboard got weird. And I was like, what is going on? And it was like, oh no, the battery is just toast. Like it just doesn't hold. That battery tender says it's charged, but it's not charged. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, their batteries are consumables. They're not heirlooms, you know, just... Let it go, let it go, you know. <laughs> yep, get a new one. All right. Well, I say we, I say we talk about the. Uh, we we put it down here as Travitron's tech takedown, but uh, let's uh, let's 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 talk about some different technologies. I wrote down a bunch of ideas. Maybe you've got some other ideas too. Yeah, and we did some of this uh, last time uh, we talked. So, all right. Yeah. No, that one I've talked about a little bit with the. Uh, you know, I how much I enjoy the simplicity of the, the CB and the NC. Okay. Um, All right. You want to read the intro or you want me to go ahead, man? It's your, yeah, it's your, it's your bit. Tech takedown. What's the motorcycle tech we can't live without? What's a great idea with poor execution. What's just a bad idea all around. What's a great idea that no one is producing yet or taking full advantage of. We got a little list of check items that we can discuss. So when you say LCD, do you mean LCD or do you mean like the, what do they call it? The, the color screens. There's a word for that. They, they, they keep. Uh, TFT is what they usually TFT, say. Yeah. 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 I just LCD screens in general is what I had in mind. Uh, basically the whole, you know, the old school was the, you know, the two round instruments, you know, you got your speedo, you got your tack and you may have a few lights in them and so forth. Mm-hmm. And that seems to have just been thrown out the window in favor of putting a screen on the bike. Of some sort. Yeah. And I think there are, I think there are some that are doing it right and some that are doing it wrong is kind of where I land on it. Yeah. I mean, it's funny too, because there's still a couple like the, um, the Kawasaki RS models have like real analog gauges. Mm-hmm. Um and they're probably just electronics underneath. I mean, there's probably oh yeah, it's no, all electronics underneath. Yeah. There's no like cables driving <laughs> they're just, that stuff. They're just and, faking it, yeah. <laughs> which is for the best anyway, because like those cable drives are always wonky. And yeah, um, there's a cable drive on my moped, and I can bury it like so. It goes up to like forty, and then it stops. And I took the speed <laughs> regulator off, and so if I'm on a downhill, I can just bury it like way past forty, and I'm only doing like thirty five. Um, you know, like the little magnet inducing the, it just doesn't. Yeah. Um, I mean the, 
So the 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 CB has like the reverse LCD. So it's just like the black and white, mm-hmm. like liquid crystal display. It's not like a color display, but it's like where it's mostly black and then the 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 information is white. It's like the reverse style. Yeah. Uh, and that's really I really like it. Um, the NC had just like a regular kind of like your. Did you have a KLR with the digital display, or is it just a new one that has that? Just a new one. Yeah, I've got the I've got the first gen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and again, too, it's like that that one was pretty good. Like it had everything on there you needed. It had a clock and your odometer and a tachometer that was easy enough to read. Um, there was so the ER6N. We had like a 2009 ER6N, and mm-hmm. I think like the Ninjas and the other Z bikes of that like era had this where they just like did it backwards where it had an analog speedometer and a digital tachometer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there there's some bizarre combinations going on. Yeah, and it's like no, like the the sweeping of the revs should be a needle and then I just just numbers for the speed. Like that's how it should be. <laughs> yeah. Was, yeah, I think I and then I think there's I mean there's there's some of the LCDs that are done better or worse. One of the one of the kind of the buried issues that I think is, I think it's really kind of almost malpractice. But one of the buried issues here is in a lot of bikes, the the screen unit is where the odometer lives. So basically, if you have to replace that, then you have an issue. You know, you have you have a potential issue. Yeah. Um, and in some, and and also the, in general, and especially with newer vehicles, uh, sometimes the parts and, and sometimes some of the parts are VIN coded or they're hard coded to the ECU, and that's I think that's kind of a problem too because twenty years from now, you know when I, you know twenty years from now if the LCD fails on my FJ09 and I find one on whatever's left of eBay in twenty years, um, am I going to have a problem plugging it in? You know, is it going to work? Is it going to just plug in and work and the mileage is going to be wrong or is it VIN coded? I don't know. Yeah. You know, so that's, that's, and, and that, that opacity of the knowledge of what's going on in there is, is kind of an issue too. Oh, you know, yeah. So. There's a lot of, you know, right to repair kind of stuff concerns. Yeah. yeah that's, and I feel like a lot of the, the screen, like, um, what did I look at the other day? I didn't test ride it. Oh, the, um, the FTR, the Indian FTR. Mm-hmm. And like, I think if you get like the premium one, you get like a six inch or seven inch like square screen, right? Mm-hmm. But on the like base one, you get like a little four inch circle screen. <laughs> and it's yeah. like, what am I, just, just put gauges there. Like just put a speedometer and like a little tachometer line. And that's all we need. Like, <laughs> yeah. why is this a screen? This shouldn't be a screen. Yeah, sometimes, and I think I I think it's getting to the point where screens are just cheaper as as part of it too. Oh yeah, for sure, definitely yeah. than like a mechanical gauge. Now, what, one I don't thing think there's I, anything wrong with LCDs if they if you do it right. Yeah, yeah. Like one one bike I think is doing it right is the uh, is the Yamaha Tenera Seven. Well, that's like a vertical screen, right? Yeah, it's got like a vertical screen. It's really basic. It's black and white, big numbers like. You can you can see what's going on at a glance as you're you know going 100 miles an hour through the woods or whatever they put in the commercials, and uh, <laughs> you know when you're doing what you're supposed to be doing on this dual sport bike, um, I, that one is kind of I like that one because it's just almost brutally simple and it's a big easy to read display. It's kind of oriented and it's kind of out of the way, so no matter how much you fall off, it should 
be okay. Now, yeah. as far as whether it's VIN coded or anything like that, I don't know. But I mean, probably not. They might have the odometer in it. Yeah. Or maybe. I, I don't know why. I just had that problem with my Toyota car where I have to re- I have to replace the gauge cluster for the whole thing. Um, and I've got one on eBay, but it is like, you know, 10,000 miles ahead. And it's like, well, I could ship this to a guy in Colorado who can like reprogram it. Yeah. <laughs> or I can just wait 10,000 miles and then swap it. And that's what I'm going to do. Because otherwise, like the interior dimmer doesn't work. Oh, that's annoying. Like, I, I'm just living with it. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, why is it? Why is this not just in the ECU so you can replace the part? Yeah. Yeah. And there, there are a couple of things we got on this list, I think are almost like unmitted, you know, they're, they're all good other than perhaps the expense. Like for example, ABS, I, I really, yeah. uh, if it's an off-road bike, I think it does need to be switchable ABS. Yeah. Um, I mean, at least on the rear, but probably all yeah. around or have an option. Yeah. I have an option to do that. Uh, Even if it's can, like a vaguely off-road bike, like a V-Strom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It'd be nice to be able to, to shut it off. Um, uh, but like on a street bike, I mean, that's why I finally bought a newer street bike after all those years of riding old stuff, uh, traction control. I didn't think I would like that. Um, and then I experienced, you know, I've played around with it some and I've actually, you know, I've put it to use on the FJ09 and it's actually pretty <laughs> like, wow, this is, this really works. <laughs> this really works yeah, well. Like, oh, that's slick. Or you didn't, that there's, you know, there was a shady corner that was still damp and you didn't, mm-hmm. um, uh, on the other hand of that, though, I think sometimes they put on bikes that don't need it. You know, yeah. like if the bike's making 50, 60, even 70 horsepower, it's like, yeah. or you don't at least need like modes. You just yeah. you can have it on or off like like the CB does. Though I think yeah. the switch on the CB is is an annoying place. It's like, you know, where like <laughs> your 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 high beam flasher usually is on the trigger on the left hand. That's okay, where the yeah. switch for the traction control is. Okay, that's very strange. Yeah, it's like it's too easy to turn off on accident. Yeah, and I on think a, there's on like a street bike. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, that's true. Nobody can get their nobody can get their poop in a group about where they put controls, other than like even turn signals vary way too much. Anyway, if you're hopping around, um, and there's there's some others that are really like I think have been pretty much to the good, like AGM batteries. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, they're that, uh, who who the hell wants a puke tube battery anymore? I mean, the old wet cell. No. Yeah. Why would you even? I don't. I mean, well, too on my. I get on the CB. The battery goes in sideways, like it, it yeah, goes down like, on its back. Like down, you couldn't yeah. even put a liquid battery in there. Yeah. And you know, I've talked about this before. Tires are ridiculously good compared oh, yeah. to what we had in the eighties and nineties and so forth. Yeah, even um, the cheap stuff is good. Yeah. Yeah. Even you know, even the cheap stuff's fine. Uh, chains are amazing. You know, X-ring chains are ridiculous in how long they'll last. Yeah. Um, so some of these things are like just that, that's, it's just going to be good no matter what. Yeah. Fuel like, injection, like. Fuel injection. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it's, it's so, such an old technology at this point. Like it's just always <laughs> going to be good. Right. Yeah. Well, it should be. Yeah. Um, and something associated with that, though, is is something I'm less sold on is uh, throttle by wire, or I think I think on bikes with throttle by wire, like the FG09 is it's a 2015, but it was an earlier one that had throttle by wire, mm-hmm. and um, they're not making the most of it. 
Um, you have to have it retuned in order to get decent throttle response, you know, especially down low, which, so Yamaha kind of messed that up from the factory. And the other problem is, I think you mentioned this earlier, when you test rode an FJ09, there's a switch pod with three blank switches in there where they took out the cruise control. So they have cruise control on the Super Tenera and on the uh, FJR, but they took it out of the FJ09 and you know, with throttle by wire, all you need is a little programming and a few switches. You know, you need software. Yeah, yeah like any any bike, whether it's like a 300 or a 1200 Super Adventure Tour, if it's throttle by wire, it should just come with cruise control. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, new, new law when I'm king, you know, that. Yeah, it, so it's one of those things that is a potentially wonderful technology, but it is implemented not it wasn't quite there at least and now i think in later bikes you know it's getting there and i think and i think in the last several years most of the manufacturers have kind of gotten throttle response figured out um you know up to 2015 2017 2018 you were getting some bikes that were really pretty crappy like light switchy on the yeah like on off yeah yeah but they're getting that figured out i think um like for example stuff like um like on some bikes, like on my V, like on my when I used to have a V Strom, when you hit the rev limiter on that, it's like hitting a brick wall. I mean, it's a yeah, it's a very it rude event. Just like <laughs> like should yeah. ease you into that red line, right? Take the last five hundred RPM and just like really start. Yeah, yeah. Like if you hit the yeah, if you hit the red line on a V Strom, it's like hitting a brick wall. It's very rude, and the that's because they don't have throttle by wire. So the only tools they have are uh, interrupting spark and. I mean, it'll. Yeah, just, it's like you close the throttle all of a sudden while you're. Yeah, yeah, at the peak of acceleration. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and on and on a throttle by wire bike, it can be managed much more smoothly. And really, I've been really impressed. It's it's a, you know, it's an it's a it's a fairly primitive on or off traction control, but I've been pretty impressed by how well it works. You know, I really haven't. I mean, you don't go out on someone else's bike and experiment with the traction control. So <laughs> I had to buy a bike in order to experiment with traction control. But I I didn't think I would be, but I'm a fan of that. Um, we- uh, well, I've got electronic suspension. I'm not sold on. No. I mean, unless you're like GP racing where you need it to like adjust itself. Like, oh, this is a bumpy section of the track and it adjusts itself. Like... Like, you know what you're doing, right? Like, oh, just like turn, like adjust the suspension, sure. Like turn, adjust the compression, rebound damping. Maybe you're out doing some more bumpy stuff or you got a passenger, you got more luggage or something, but. Yeah, I think. The need to press a button and have it change itself or change itself on the fly for road use seems unnecessary. uh, Yeah, when I, when I see electronic, the words electronic ignition, what, what I hear is expensive and prone to breakage. However, <laughs> the one use of this I have seen that really does make sense, although it is expensive, is on the Harley-Davidson Pan America, where they actually have an option where the bike, oh, yeah. when it comes to a stop, it'll automatically lower itself a little bit. Yeah. And it'll kind of adjust itself for off-road or on-road and stuff like that. And it actually... Like it's one that actually works by all accounts. I haven't ridden one of these. I'd like to. I'd like to beat the hell out of it. Give me a call, Harley. TRO to bike. <laughs> um, but by all accounts, like they're 
it, it is expensive technology and I hope it's not delicate or anything like that, but they're at least they're, they're putting it to use to do some useful things for uh, a street and off-road rider. And that's, but most of them, you know, have electronic suspension. It's not, you know, where, where's yeah. the benefit for the expense? I mean, I guess like, you know, on like a Goldwing or whatever, if it's like yeah. solo rider, passenger luggage, you know, got to like tear a bunch of plastic off to get to the thing to, to manually adjust it, you know? Yeah. But I mean, why not, you know, why, what's wrong with the old hydraulic preload adjuster where you just, you know, twirl a dial, you know? Give it or, a couple of cranks. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. And Nick, yeah. And sometimes it's a little gimmicky, you know, and like there are yeah. a number of BMWs that have all kinds of electronics on the suspension. And it's, I don't know, a little suspect there. <laughs> yeah. It's like, just build a good suspension. It seems like there's some some bikes out there that just have like good suspension that's not all that adjustable that just works really good no matter what you do with it. Yeah, you can, you can engineer this. Yeah, you can get it working and so forth. Yeah, and I think another one that's kind of an unmitigated good is um, uh, heated grips. Oh, uh, it's not even technology. You know, no, it's a hot wire in a circle. <laughs> yeah. But why don't more bikes come with heated grips? The FGO nine, I didn't, I didn't even know this before I bought it, but it came with heated grips. That they're just yeah, factory. it's like but you have to like go to like the menu. There's not like a physical switch. It's like in the menu, right? Well, no, you have to you have to pull one. There's there's one button on the left handlebar that's all it does is it switches your display from heated grips to back to normal. Yeah. So you switch your that, and then you hit. I think another it does other there. things if yeah. you're in like a sub menu and you're not moving. Yeah. But I think when you're driving, yeah, it's just your heated grip switch. Yeah, it's the weirdest. Anyway, that's not even technology, but come on, you know, more bikes need heated grips from the factory. Yeah. I think now the CB and the NC could get like you could you could ex- get the ho- official Honda accessory heated grips, which are like three hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, um, but they do nicely integrate the control into the grip. So like the like the inside part of the grip has like a little switch on it, like where the where the grip flares out. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like where the controls are. So I guess that's where your money goes. Yeah. Yeah. But so they, for... they, they, they wire in, they come with an accessory harness. Like the fuse box has a slot for a relay and a fuse that go to a pigtail that isn't connected to anything that connects to the heated grip unit. Like they built it in there, but you still have to buy it. <laughs> yeah. It... Some of the value engineering can be uh, a little odd. It's All like right. how much is that? How much is that saving you at the factory? Just like <laughs> put an extra hundred bucks on the on the bike MSRP and include it. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I consider heated grips mandatory. I mean, I put them on all my bikes if they don't have it already, and it's it's just I think it's a rider safety thing. I mean, even if you're a fair weather rider. You're going to get caught out when it's 60 degrees or, you know, 60 degrees and you have, you know, you know, mesh gloves. You, you, you should, you have heated grips so you can, you know, I think it's, I think it's a safety item, but you know, eh, whatever. <laughs> All right. Did you want to go through anything else on this list or save some for later? Uh, I mean, we can save some. Yeah. Some of this stuff too is just like, well, you know what? Since I got the moment, I do want to talk about Bluetooth. Cause Let's I talk about Bluetooth. Let's talk about Bluetooth, Travis. Take it down. Tell us how it sucks. No. It all sucks. Like, why am I strapping this battery and all this crap on my helmet? <laughs> right? Like, someone, and I mean, if anyone's out there is listening, wants to go in on this and has the means and the knowledge to, like, get stuff built in China and marketed, like, 
they just need to make a box that you put on your bike and you hook up to your battery. And then you're like, you run a little antenna out to like the, the tail light. And then you run a little wire up to your handlebars with the controller. And it's a, it's a Bluetooth communication unit. And like it does everything that like a Sena or a Cardo or a Uclear or whatever does. It's just, it's, it's just, it runs off your bike battery. So you don't have to plug it in at the end of your ride and charge it. And it doesn't attach to your helmet. And you don't got this big thing on the side of your helmet making wind noise and probably valid and validating all the safety features of your helmet. Oh, and then, okay. yeah. And then you just like, it has like one wire that comes up and you do like earbuds or like the in helmet speakers and a microphone. And it just, you know, it, it's all there and it's like one little connector or you, you can even do like, oh, the, the headset and the microphone are like wireless, but they don't need the, the transmitter. They don't need the controls. They don't need as big of a battery. So you put those on your helmet and they're all on the inside. And then they just pair with the unit that's in the bike that doesn't need recharging. And then you control it like off your handlebars. Like, why doesn't that, that exist? I don't understand. Somebody build this. Yeah. Right. And, and on a related note, I think building Bluetooth into the bike from the factory is a problem because it's going to be obsolete. Like whatever version of Bluetooth that is, oh. is going to be obsolete in five years, you know? Yeah. So I, I, there's some bikes I've seen that have that, you know, like where you can connect, you know, you, oh, it's got my app where I can see how many miles I've ridden and, you know, how many, how many times I've stopped to pee. And, and, um, yeah, who's going to maintain that app at the manufacturer? Nobody. Yeah. <laughs> you know? We'd be able to get a new little box that yeah. is updated with Bluetooth 5 or whatever. Yeah. Probably not. Yeah, so I have seen some features in Bluetooth come from the factory, and I'm like, that's a little scary. Now, an add-on box like you're talking about, that sounds like a great idea. That way you can, you know, use it as long as you can, and then, you know, something does change, or you can move it to another bike, or you could, you know, get the updated version for Bluetooth 12 whenever that comes out, that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Like, And, I mean, again, like, I just don't want a big thing on my helmet, and I hate, like, here's another thing I have to recharge at the end of the day. Like, why not yeah. just, like, put this thing on the bike? It seems like it belongs there. Yeah, that that's a, yeah, that's a good, uh, yeah, it's kind of the whole, how are you going to power all this stuff? You know, we're we're still, I think we're still in early days in all this battery technology. And so there's all this, you know, some stuff, oh, this lasts, like, this lasts for a week. And then some stuff lasts two hours, you know, it's just, we're still figuring it out, I think. Yeah. And it's like, this isn't a thing that you have a giant generator between your legs. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you running something off a puny battery that has to like sit on your head? <laughs> well, there's an excerpt. You have a giant generator between your legs. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. All Some right. good stuff there. I think we're, I think, got anything else you want to talk about? What, anything stuck in your craw today, Travis? <laughs> uh, no, I don't think so. Other than, uh, you know, the usual stuff, you know, turns out three-year-olds can be really annoying sometimes. Um, I love Nobody told you this, huh? (laughs) Right. I love them, but sometimes, sometimes. (laughs) Um, Well, that's our episode for this round. Tune in next time for more discussion and all things specific to sport touring or universal to motorcycling as a whole. For Radio TRO, I'm Brian Ringer. And I'm Robin Travis (laughs) Burleson. Safe travels, everyone. (laughs) 